I don't know. I, I heard that uh, Kelly's Blue Book is uh, uh, revising its values of cars now. They're uh, uh, not, not just the age, the make and the model and so on, but the value is also determined by how much gas you have in your tank. Acts 8, they travel a little bit differently then. So here's uh, the context again. We just read it. Uh, Saul in at chapter 8, verse 1, consenting to Stephen's death. 8, verse 3, laid waste the church, entering homes, committing them to prison. And if we skip ahead to Chapter 9, verse 1, Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord and having letters that they may bring them bound to Jerusalem. The times were not so good. And yet the 12 apostles did not go into hiding. They stayed in Jerusalem with the public. I mean, you think about it, after all, where are they going to go? Uh, they kind of have a ministry popping right there in Jerusalem, right? Because in Jerusalem, they see that there are uh, added uh, 3,000 souls in one day, and Acts 2, 47, and the Lord added, and Acts 6, verse 7, and uh, the Lord multiplied, and so on. So I think it's even more than the original 3,000 souls. So, you know, you're, you're talking about, I think even in today's terms, that would be a mega church, right? They, they aren't going to be leaving Jerusalem like uh, uh, because they got scattered with the persecution also. And at the same time, there was a scattering that was happening. We assume that it was, first of all, from the persecutions, but it doesn't say that in so many words, and then we see Philip. Now, let me introduce Philip here by saying that uh, Philip was, uh, there was the Philip who was the disciple, uh, apostle, and uh, that's not this one. There's another one who was uh, uh, a, a servant, a deacon, and so on, and uh, he was doing the same thing, just Simply, he left. He started uh, preaching and going for just like we read before, going from town to town, place to place. And so, preaching, heralding, this is verse 5, uh, a city in Samaria, and proclaimed to them Christ, the anointed one. And verse 6, multitudes in accord gave heed to what he said uh, when they heard uh, Philip, and they saw the signs, and they saw the unclean spirits, verse 7, and the paralyzed that were healed and so on. So they saw spirits come out and many were healed. And have you seen these things before? Well, they were seeing them and they were getting excited about it. I don't know. I'm going to be sharing uh, uh, some aspects of my life here too because there are some things that I learned as I went through the decades and I'm beginning to see that there are the miracles that are starting to happen when you're in that tune with what Jesus is doing, especially for soul winning. Now, they saw the signs. I remember, oh, let's go way back. Uh, I was on a gospel singing team, this was before I was married. Uh, that's, I calculated it 49 years ago. Uh, and we were in the Chicago area, our group, the Friends of Jesus, the five of us. 
And uh, there was a special meeting going on with some people named Charles and Francis Hunter. Anybody ever heard of them? Okay. And uh, the Hunters were uh, uh, roaming the, the outer uh, foyer area, and uh, they came across these five guys that are kind of dressed alike in, in dress shirts and so on, because we were a singing team. We weren't performing with them, but uh, uh, they uh, simply asked. Charles got up to um, uh, one of us, well, I guess all of us, said, is there anybody here that like, has a, a, a short leg or a short arm? And uh, our uh, rhythm guitar player, we had uh, a bass player, uh, a lead guitarist, and uh, the rhythm player. And he said, I do. And we all look at him and said, Bill, you have a short arm? <laughs> and he said, yeah. He said, uh, uh, and, and so the, the hunters are watching all of this. And they, they look out and they see that one arm is like an inch and a half shorter than the other. And he's just born that way, you know? And he said, uh, for all of the years, my uh, mom had to take whatever shirt that I bought, uh, take out the stitching over here, and then bring it up about uh, the inch and a half, and so on, then restitch it so my uh, sleeves would show correctly on my hands, uh, you know, because otherwise one would be down there uh, to mid palm and the other one up there by the, the heel of the palm, and so on. So uh, he had to have that done. And right then, right there, they prayed. And his arm grew out to exactly the same as the other. Well, we were kind of mystified and rejoicing. And he even said, yeah, now I have to, um, I have to bend my elbow just a little bit differently when I do the chords on the fingerboard because it's, I can't quite get the... Anyway, these are the kinds of things that were happening in... Uh, the Samaria region with Philip. Wow. And they also said that unclean spirits came out of many. Well, that <laughs> uh, was my first time with that was um, when we had a, a graduate, uh, Ed Earl. Anybody remember that name? Uh, that was uh, up in South County, and he had his uh, people up there. And uh, he said, it, well, it's not the best part of town, but... Uh, and the, the, the city, they, there was one intersection there that uh, he said, I went close to that place. I didn't even go in it. It, it, was a, it was a porn shop is what it was. They had all kinds of dirty stuff in there. And he said something just jumped out at him, and he has been infected with an evil spirit. I'm just saying, this is what he reported. And it came upon him, and he couldn't shake it. Dave, can you pray for it? Can we cut this thing and get it out of me? I, I do not... And so we, we went up there, three of us, and uh, uh, prayed for him. We said, okay, Lord, how do you want us to do this? We didn't know this stuff. And so uh, somebody got uh, uh, a little uh, jug of olive oil, and we got a towel around him first, and put a glug of oil right on, he's sitting in a chair, right on top of his head, and it's just starting to melt, just come down his face and everything. And uh, I put my hand right on top of, of his head and uh, said, in the name of Jesus, you evil, foul spirit, you come out now. And about two seconds later, the top of my hand started to rise up like that. I thought, whoa, and I pulled my hand away. And he said, it's gone, it's gone. These are things that maybe you haven't heard about because do we just live sheltered and secure lives? I don't know, but sometimes you get these things and they just happen to be what's in the text today.
So what happens when people see these kinds of victories? They get excited. So the multitudes, they, they said, we've got to listen to this guy and see what's all happening. So there's much joy in the city. Much joy in the village, or whatever it was. I just want to tell you one more thing of something that happened in Olympian Village. Well, it's a number of years ago already, but I didn't get a chance to pray for anybody at Victory Church that day, and, uh, and I had an appointment because their house was getting foreclosed. And uh, this uh, people, I didn't really know them, but uh, there were some things I just had to share with them, minister of the gospel and so on. And uh, I had on a sheet... Uh, of things that, uh, okay, uh, how are you living your life? Are you living it with Jesus as number one? Or is that uh, down the line a little bit? So if we have uh, where you're living it, you, you have put your house as number one. That's your most concern. You're, you're, you're uh, striving, you're, you're worried, you're, everything is wrapped around the house that you think you're going to lose. And then you are here hoping that something will happen. Where's Jesus? He's down here in number three. Well, I had all this, I didn't go into it at that point, but I said the way it should be, Jesus is on top, then you can handle it, and he will supply all the rest of your things, and the house is on the bottom. So let's, let's talk about these things, and we didn't uh, quite get to that because I started talking with uh, the lady of the house, and she was, uh, uh, well, <laughs> how did he say it? Uh, she was glad I came because... They really needed to do something because she couldn't even get down to the basement anymore where she had all of her, uh, what's it, uh, uh, candles, selling candles, party light or candlelight or something like that. All of her supplies were in the basement. She couldn't even get down the steps anymore. So she was just squirming in that worst of chair she was in. And I, Let me get you something to, to drink, Dave. And so she got up and she got over to three steps away to the refrigerator opened the door, and boy, she was in pain. And so I said, anything else I can, I can do for you? And she said, uh, well, it's, it's my back, and I was hearing the Spirit. He said, wait for it. So what, what, what's, what's wrong with your back? Well, it's, it's, it's just way out of line, and I don't know how I got that way and so on, but wait for it. And so uh, she said, and, and, and my doctor, when I was in lately, uh, he said that uh, uh, my one uh, leg is about an inch shorter than the other. Go for it. <laughs> so, okay, so I had her sit down in a chair with a, a straight back. And I, she took off her slippers, and I held both of her uh, heels in my hands. Her, it looks like the, her feet were a little misshapen by this time, but one was clearly three-quarters of an inch to an inch shorter than the other. I said, tell you what. Tell you what, bring your husband out here, and uh, he's got to see this. So uh, she brought her husband out, and uh, uh, I said, I'm going to pray, and let's see what happens. And uh, so, Lord, make these two legs the same length. Grow out the shorter one in Jesus' name. And as four eyes were looking, mine too, six eyes were looking at this, it was slowly growing out, growing out. And it stopped. I said, did you feel anything? And she said, yeah, right here in my, my femur, my, my thigh. She was pointing to her thigh. It just felt like it was stretching out. Well, hey, why don't you see if you can get up and see if you can do anything now that you couldn't do before? And so she got up and she'll see, it's, there's nothing wrong. Oh, my goodness. It's, 
It's, it's, it's, so, so next thing I know, she's going out the front door. I thought, what's going on? Well, they live in a, um, a raised ranch house. That's where you have the, the driveway going down here to the garage. But the raised ranch means it's, your, it's in the basement. So you have to go up about 20, 22, 24 steps to get to your front porch way up here. So she is out there, and she's going down the steps, up the steps, all these things that she couldn't do before. And I said, hey, Millie. That, there's her daughter. Uh, they want, she wanted to graduate from the, the high school where she was uh, and had a, a year, year and a half left to go, but she's going to be moving out of the school district because they're going to have to find different housing and all this stuff. Uh, you got to see what your mom is doing. And so she shot out of a bedroom, and uh, there was just the three of them in the house. And uh, uh, she said, I said, she's out there. Mom! Mom, what are you doing on those steps? You can't do that. And she says, oh, yes, I can. And I'm not even using the handrail. I tell you what, when things start to pop, people begin to listen. And so after that, well, I can't quite go to the, the, the thing of what are we going to do with your house? Because the husband, that was part of the issue, too. He couldn't work anymore because he had this heart condition. So what do you do with there? So he was... Uh, well, he got, let's just say, he got uh, prayed for, and that, that heart, it just got all warm and kind of uh, uh, swelled up in a good way in his chest. And he said, I don't know what's happening. I feel this warmth. I said, you're getting healed, but I don't know what's happening. I said, it's a healing. <laughs> okay, okay. And so he could stand up and do things that he didn't do before, all because there was something that was happening at point where the Lord said, now do it. Wow. Well, there was great joy. Even the daughter knew that, I guess we can stay here now. And I never heard back from him. And so I didn't, oh, there was one more thing. I said, now this is the way you're living your life. How about we make Jesus number one? Yeah, we're ready to do that. <laughs> sure, okay. And so there was great joy in the whole house because she didn't have pain walking, he didn't have heart condition, and the daughter could stay in school where she wanted to graduate. This is how I see Acts 8 playing out in our time here now. So there's much joy in the city. So we just step out and begin. Oh, but, but now we come to something more here. This is interesting. Uh, verse 9 to 13, there's this uh, Simon the magician who thought he was great. So I'll just call him Simon the Great. <clears throat> A magician using black arts. And uh, what's cool about this is that they can be one also. They can be one too. And he was also baptized in verse 13. So... There's so much that was happening, it was great. So the, the ministry of Philip here is, is, is popping, even with people that uh, have wrong views on things. So he listens to Philip, takes it all in, agrees with it, believes it. Then he's also baptized. <clears throat> but there are still some things in his life that kind of have to be addressed and really should be addressed soon. And uh, what it was, was uh, they, there I am. Uh, 
they were going to have some problems with this uh, coming up soon. Well, the word did get out and got all the way back to Jerusalem, what was happening here in Samaria with Philip. And uh, so let's go to uh, the interlude. Where is that now? That's uh, on your middle of the first uh, middle of the first page. Oh, might go over today. Um, and uh, where we see Peter and John and Philip, they pay a visit of support. And because uh, word got back to them, and uh, uh, something about this, they they had the 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 word was taught and embraced and believed. Then they also had people that were being baptized, but somehow baptism in the Holy Spirit never quite got there yet. And uh, everybody in Jerusalem had heard what was happening. This is all good, okay? Well, let's send a couple of people like Peter and John, and uh, let's have them pray for them to. Uh, uh, receive the baptism in the Spirit. So they laid hands on them, and uh, they, verse 17, received the Holy Spirit. Folks, this is the baptism in the Spirit. Now, is there a, a, a sign with uh, tongues and so on? Well, it doesn't say that in so many words, but there was something exciting that was happening, because here's this, uh, um, uh, the uh, Simon the Great, that uh, the magician, who was really, his eyes were popping out at this. So what was it? Was it, were they breaking down in laughter? Were they rolling on? I don't know what it was, but tongues was probably included in it somehow. The point is, is that uh, uh, there was some more things that were happening. And sometimes things don't always happen in a logical order. But... Let's go back and uh, uh, to verse 17 for a moment, because sometimes people don't find out about baptism of the Spirit. They don't get invited to some kind of a meeting where it's being manifested and you can have this. Uh, let's see, we had our son John when he was 12. We led him into the baptism of the Spirit. And then a couple years later, let's see, it's... Uh, Take a look at this. Yeah, that's right. Uh, we were up in uh, uh, Cleveland, Ohio. There's a small little church that uh, needed to get a, a jump start, a restart, uh, and uh, get some more people there and so on. We um, uh, got him led into it. And uh, so that was, oh, Joy was 10 and uh, Julie was 8. And they were in the upstairs uh, in the parsonage there in the bedroom together, and I said, Tan, Joy's ready. I know she is. So I uh, took her side. I prayed for her. I uh, said, uh, Joy, there's something else that's, that's here, which is the baptism in the Spirit. I want to put my hands upon you. You'll receive the Spirit. And after you do, uh, either some syllables will come to mind or something's going to happen, and uh, you will receive a prayer language. She said, okay, Daddy. Oh, I like that. And so uh, she did. Yeah, that was it. What do I do now? And uh, so she started like mumbling or something. And within a few minutes, it became crystal clear words. We didn't know what they were because it was a foreign language. But there it was. Right like that. Now, she's 10 years old. So what's she going to do? Julie is 8 years old in the same room. Julie, guess what? I can pray in a different language. 
And Julie's saying, what do you mean? And she gives a little demonstration. Well, how do you do that? Well, you get the, the Holy Spirit. Dad prayed for me, and, 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 and the Holy Spirit came, and this is how you do it. Well, can I have that too? And so Joyce says, yeah, well, let's pray. And, 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 and the Holy Spirit came upon her, and she began to speaking, and she had her prayer language. That was so that, that wasn't right, because I'm the dad, and I should be able to lead my own kids into this. But here it is, a 10-year-old leading her 8-year-old sister to baptism of the Spirit. I was so delighted. Oh, my. But these are the kinds of things as they happen, as they, the, the outcropping happens. So this is something that uh, 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 Simon the magician was interested in seeing happen with uh, his people someplace, somewhere along the line. Hmm. So, we had, uh, yeah, let's just uh, find my place again. <laughs> okay, so uh, they, they had this all uh, uh, happening to them, and uh, oh yeah, and then uh, Peter, uh, gets involved with Simon and says, you know, I, I understand you've uh, received the word that Philip said. I understand that you have been baptized. But the way you responded to all of this baptism in the Spirit craziness that was happening here, there's something that isn't right. And it's the fact that uh, you want to have this excitement happening to you to the point where you are willing to pay me for the ability to make this happen to people, there's something that's really wrong about this. I mean, I had one person that uh, said, uh, "Wow, uh, you help you 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 prayed for for my husband, and 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 he can go back to work again now, and and he was seeing these doctors and and so on. And uh, what can we pay you? <laughs> oh, you want to pay me? Maybe I should jump on this one." I said, "No." Ma'am, freely I have received, so freely I give to you. And that's the way this works. Okay? But the point of it is, is that there were things that were still wrong in his heart. And Peter, now how did he know those things? How was it that uh, Peter could see this? Well, um, skipping down to verse 23, he says... After he, he sees the problem, he then says that, uh, for I see that, in verse 23, that you are in the gall of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity. What just happened here? I mean, how does getting excited about uh, uh, praying for somebody and, 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 and seeing the power of the Holy Spirit come upon them and signs happening have to do with... Uh, the gall of bitterness. Call it what it is. This is a word of knowledge. Oh, but we can't have the word of knowledge happen yet because that wasn't even written for another two decades when Paul brings forth all of these spiritual gifts and, and lists them out in 1 Corinthians, right? No, it was already working. It was the same Holy Spirit. It just wasn't categorized yet in somebody's letter. So here it was. A revelation, a word of knowledge, and now, now, this Simon does the soul searching and says, 
I was wrong. No, I don't want to have myself perish along with the money that I hope to make on this. I will ask for forgiveness and get out of this because that's the way this, this really needs to work. So he got cleansed on the inside of the gall of bitterness and those things were lifted from him as well. Wow. So many things are happening on many different levels. Just being there at the right time, saying the right thing, there's something to having a um, the right word. The, the obedience is everything. Oh, here. Grind it out, obedience. There's a distinguished um, India evangelist named uh, Chelapa, and on a mission trip uh, to a village north of Madras, when in the middle of the night he suddenly sensed God speaking to him, leave this house quickly and run away. <laughs> Explosives on board or something? No, no, no. Uh, not exactly the convenient thing to do either, but uh, Chelapa was used to accepting even strange instructions from the Lord without discussion. So he dressed quickly and ran into the darkness. And after a while, uh, he was out in the open country. Then he passed uh, beneath a large tree and he felt God tell him, stay here and start to preach. Now, even for an experienced evangelist, this was puzzling because th there was no one to be seen. Why did God want him to preach to an empty field in the middle of the night? But he stopped under the tree and began to preach the gospel. Finally, he reached the point where he called on his unseen listeners to give their lives to Jesus. And he was surprised to hear a voice from the top of the tree and see a man climb down, crying. He tearfully gave his life to Jesus. And when Chalapa asked why he was in the tree in the middle of nowhere in the middle of night, the man admitted, I came out here to hang myself. There are some things that when they happen, they've got to be addressed right then in obedience, no questions asked. It's about a year and a half or so ago, COVID was, was starting, but uh, Beth and I were uh, up at um, uh, the restaurant up there um, along Lindbergh. Uh, the Golden Corral restaurant. And uh, so, you know, it's, it's all you can eat place. I've been there too many times. And um, uh, we saw this, uh, this, I saw this one fella. He was, oh, handsome. He was 6'4", at least. Uh, perfect complexion. He was a black guy uh, in a three-piece suit, perfectly pressed. And our eyes caught for some reason. And... Uh, uh, he nodded, and I nodded back, and that, that was, I thought that was the end of it, and so on. And uh, uh, Beth was uh, still getting hurt, but when she came back, then something happened. I, I heard a whisper, and it said, tell that man that he has a call on his life. Sir, yes, sir, I will do that. So I saw where they were. Uh, they were seated, if I am seated with Beth at this table, they were almost to, not these doors, but the far doors way down there uh, in, in the restaurant way down there. 
And uh, so I walked over there and I said, I uh, just want to tell you, sir, that uh, uh, you have a, a call for ministry on your life. And he looked up at me and he says, I am a minister. Thought, missed that one, I don't know. So come back, sit down, and uh, Beth's out getting her seconds, and I'm uh, hearing another word and saying, now tell him that all of the opposition will come to naught. All of the opposition that he's facing will come to nothing. Well, you could have told me this before. I could have done both at the same time. No, shh, they just do it. So I went over there, and I told him the second part of it. And he said, well, he didn't say anything. He was there, and uh, the lady there was his wife, and they had two kids, a boy and a girl, and then this other older lady. I couldn't tell whether she was uh, his mom or whether it was her mom. But when she heard that, she looked at him with like a stern face and pointed down, see, see? It was like they were having this discussion the whole while. Did I know exactly everything that happened after I left? No, I had a message to deliver. I delivered it, and I believe that there's a church going now that oh, got over and passed the opposition that they had over against him, and he picked up the calling on his life and is now marching forward with it. Isn't this what it's supposed to be about? Certain times that you have a word of knowledge for somebody and you go and deliver it. Wow. Well, <laughs> let's just do a couple more stories here. Um, there was a time when I was praying for the, at Victory Church, we had people that would come up to their prayer partners, usually they had about four around the, the front, and an invitation. It was a, a, a one-song invitation, you know, about uh, three to uh, four to five minutes total that you had, and people could come up and you could pray. And uh, some of us were already trained in how to hear that that uh, that voice of the Lord. And with this one, uh, she said, I'm, "I'm coming up for my uh, husband because um, he's he's got uh, heart issues, and uh, we don't know if it's cancer. We don't know what the the, the problem is, and uh, he needs prayer." And I said. Okay, he needs prayer. <coughs> Ma'am, I, I, and he, she, he was standing right next to her. And I said, all I'm getting is it's a false report. And frankly, I don't know how to pray for you. It's, it's, a, it's a false report. And they, they were like, huh? Like, who are you? They walk away and so on. And uh, it's about a week and a half or so later that uh, I was at Victory in the sanctuary. This same lady just happened to be there. Says, you, you're the one who said that thing about false report, aren't you? I said, oh God, I missed it. Oh. And she said, because when my husband and I that next day went to the doctor, within the first five minutes, he said, I'm sorry, it's a false report. The same two words. This stuff works. This is what the revival is kinds of things are made of. This is how souls are one. This is how the whole body of Christ is helped and assisted by a Holy Spirit who loves them. And uh, he also loves churches the same way. 
And I'm just going to confess that I was a little bit uh, afraid. Yeah, I didn't want to offend somebody, but at the same time, oh, I don't know, I'll just uh, say that my next-door neighbor, he said, uh, our church is having a revival. You're interested in that kind of stuff, aren't you? Yeah. When is it? Well, it's uh, this, uh, uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday night. Okay. I said, well, I can only make it on Saturday night. Would that be okay? He says, sure, yeah, come on, we'll, we'll be there. But I want to let you know, we don't believe in any of this tongue stuff, any of these spiritual gifts. You understand? I thought, was I outside praying in the Spirit and he overheard me? What is going on here? I'm not liking this. And so that uh, Saturday morning, I went uh, down by our, our pond and I was asking the Lord, I'm going to go to this thing tonight, but what, what's going to happen? What is going on? And then he, he showed me right there uh, about this big, uh, a, a little church building because their church is so tiny. It is so small. It, it only seats maybe 60 people, 65 people. They set up chairs, you know. And, and uh, uh, then I saw from way up there, there's this, this, this blanket that's wafting down and comes down and lands on top of that church representing the congregation there, right? And, and so it wraps itself around this and, and I said, what does this mean? A blanket on a church? And the voice says, it's not a blanket. It's a comforter. That's a play on words, isn't it? Huh. And so I, I, I go there that, that evening because I, I promised to. And uh, uh, after the evangelist got done and so on, and uh, they had their uh, 17, 18 people there, we're wondering how are we going to do this because we're such a small church and uh, we have to go and lead with two other churches from our ilk uh, denomination and uh, uh, keep with them and so on. And uh, uh, I said that, uh, oh, they, they said, if anybody else has any more things to say, it's now because we're going to pack it in, go. And uh, I was waiting. I don't want to say this. I don't want to say this because they don't like this. And I said, yes, there's one more thing. Oh, there is. So the five, six people over there, they uh, got up and sat down in chairs right in front of the, the church, right up there by the uh, altar area, and uh, uh, said, well, this is what I got. So I was uh, praying for you guys this morning. I saw your church. It, it was exactly this mm, church, not a steeple, right there. And actually, it's about uh, two or three blocks from the back parking lot of Victory Church, whatever. And uh, uh, they said, so what did you see? I said, well, I saw this. I told them the story about the church, the, the, the blanket coming down, and the voice that I heard about it being a comforter. Next thing I heard was sobbing. There were two gals there and about four or five Gentlemen, they're all in their 60s and 70s. And it was the two gentlemen that were sobbing. They hadn't heard such good news that there was a God that cares about their little church, even though they don't know all of the things about the Holy Spirit. And I was thinking, I was supposed to say this. This is a lesson to me. Do what you're supposed to do. And this is how it happened. These are the kinds of things that were happening with, with, with Philip and so on. And, 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 and hearing what was 
all that was supposed to go. So anyway, that's, where are we now on our, our little outline there? That's the chicken-hearted thing that I wanted to say, yeah. And, uh, and a couple more quick um, observations is that uh, in verse 26, this is just uh, interesting that uh, there was an angel that said to Philip, and then three verses later, and the spirit said to Philip. Well, maybe they just mean the same thing. I don't know. Uh, it's, a, it's, it's a guidance, so it really doesn't matter uh, how we parse this and, and, and take it apart and analyze it. And then I saw, wait a minute. Um, let's take a closer look at this. So uh, do you have... Uh, uh, Matthew 13, 39 to 41, somewhere. Yeah. And so um, Jesus is talking about this. Uh, the disciples are asking, what's the interpretation to this thing about the, the seed and the sower and, and the reaping and so on? An enemy sowed the seed, uh, the, the bad seed is the devil. The harvest is close uh, of the age and the the reapers are angels? Just as the weeds are gathered and burned to the fire, so there will be at the close of the age. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom all causes of sin and lawbreakers. Well, to me, this is uh, what was uh, Philip doing here? He was separating out what the harvest is. He was bringing in the harvesters. So there was an angel that called out to Philip, and then later on, for the specific word of direction, the Spirit said to Philip. I don't know, it's about the only thing I can uh, see and add to this, but it's, it's very, very uh, interesting how this all is right there to see. Now, that's a... A lot of exciting stuff that's all been happening to me, and I believe I want to see more of it happening here, Christian outreach also. But I've been hearing some things that we want to see more of it. There was a time when, when there was more of this happening on a Sunday morning service. There was, well, I don't know, um, yeah, we want to have it back. We want to do this again. So I wrote down, um, I'm not uh, on fire like I once was, you know, back in the day. Oh, and I, I can't say that my good church-going friends and buddies have any more of that old zip either. Where'd it go? Why did it ever diminish in the first place? Maybe that's you. Maybe that's not you. I don't know. We know it's a common problem with a lot of churches that are even spirit-filled that used to have spiritual gifts on Sunday mornings and that would bring in people who are interested in seeing what God is wanting to speak to them, but they don't do that anymore because it might offend some other people who would just become visiting Or the number two is, uh, well, this kind of stuff that you're talking about, I don't even know if I ever had a passion like that. Well, sometimes things change, and you, you do lose things. Other times, it's, uh, 
it's maybe not the fact that um, things change as much, but uh, or that, that, that you're at, at fault in any way, but things just change. I thought it was so cool when I first found out that uh, uh, I could get a shirt that uh, uh, says, Free Prayer. I found it. I used it several times going into Walmart. I wear my shirt. Free prayer. Seriously, if you need it, just ask. I didn't get a single person asking for prayer as many times as I went into Walmart or publicly wore this. Because every time that somebody was reading this, I'd say, yeah, I, I kind of look and see, and they'd always turn away. Isn't that right? Isn't that about the way it is? Now, I don't know for sure, but it could be that in the next 5 to 12 years, we are going to see revival again, where you wear a shirt like this and people will come up, they will maybe even standing in line to have somebody pray for them. But the point of it is, it wasn't working then. And uh, so now it's uh, just... Um, hearing the voice of the Lord. Is this the person that I approach? It was, uh, what, two weeks ago, I was in uh, uh, Walmart, and there's this kid there that had this boot that went about three, four inches in front of his toe, came all the way, it was a fat, wide thing. And uh, so I was, uh, uh, walked right up to him and said, wow, what happened to you? That's the, the opening line I use now more than anything else is, wow, what happened to you? Never have I had anybody turn me down. There have been one person out of 30 or 40 people that has uh, uh, kind of gave, I don't have time for this right now, but they always answered. And uh, uh, he said, oh, I messed it up bad. I said, are you uh, in any pain? Because that's the first thing I usually pray for, for them. And uh, he said, I can't tell. There's so many drugs right now. I, I, I just don't know. I mean, I think the kid looks like he's about 18 or so. I don't know what, what all happened. He didn't say. But I prayed for him uh, uh, right then, right there. And, uh, but he was taking it in. How did I know? Because when I said amen, uh, he was doing this. <laughs> okay. There's something from his background that was there. He's Catholic. But, uh, uh, and then uh, just last week, the one in uh, uh, Aldi, all these so fast moving, it's just hard to find. But this kid, oh my goodness, he's 14 or so. Uh, he had a boot on also, a very short one that only came up mid uh, calf, mid thigh. And uh, I had an um, a, a arm in a sling. And I said, wow, what, what did I say? Say it with me. What happened to you? And uh, then this uh, uh, gal answered about uh, five, six feet away, his mom. Uh, he rolled over his four-wheeler, said, so I was talking to the kid, are you in any pain? said, uh, yeah, well, this doesn't, well, he, did, he wasn't wearing a crutch, but his, his foot was still, it, it needed to heal, but it, was, it wasn't in pain, but his arm was in desperate pain. I said, you, over here, right now. So the freezer section's over there, the coolers are all right here. I said, right now, in the name of Jesus. We prayed right then, right there. Mom was listening in. She wasn't bothering anything, but we prayed for him right there to receive relief from that healing. And this is as easy as this stuff is. He's right there. He can do this stuff. 
I'm sure this is why I chose these, these little stories is because that's what Philip was doing. Wow. So sometimes this stuff works, sometimes it doesn't. This is, this is how I've been doing it. I still do it today. A guy I work with, John Sissel, um, he has seen a lot of healings because he's been on the mission field. He says uh, that, uh, oh yeah, Dave, you wouldn't believe the way it is down in Costa Rica or down in uh, uh, Panama where they last served uh, for, I mean, a total of 10 years and so on. He says, there the newspapers uh, have all of the, the uh, charlatans, the the, the soothsayers, the, not just horoscopes, but people who uh, want to bring you in and uh, do uh, all evil things brought into your life. He says, we don't have that up here. I said, thank God. But still, are there any people that are going to be a missionaries later to Central America? There's a lot of different things that you're going to see in different cultures. And some of them are not going to be pretty. Now, let's get down to the how-tos of all of this, because if you're asking yourselves, uh, I, I, I don't know, I just, uh, back in the day, and I don't know if I ever had a passion like that. Well, the answers uh, to these kind of questions, the, these are just my answers, I, I, the ones that have helped me the most. Um, Beth and I first got married because uh, I decided to seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things would be added unto me. And uh, so uh, that was kind of the, our rule of thumb is how we would do this because uh, as you uh, seek first uh, his kingdom, then he will add unto you, I, you know. So we sang the, the, the popular song back then, which uh, for Jesus people was, uh, um, Jesus is number one in my life, second place will have to do for you. And, and, and that's true. That's the way it's supposed to be. The headship of Christ of the home and, uh, uh, and so on. Uh, but then never did I really see this thing of the seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Wow. Now I knew righteousness is a theological term because it uh, uh, brings uh, a sinlessness and all these things. But it's also a way we relate to Jesus. This righteousness, this, he wants us to be holy even as, as he is holy. Well, how can we do that? We are get serious about this. So when one is seeking his righteousness, I would just simply call this dying to self. But I will be found by you if you search for me with all your heart. How can I search for you with all your heart? I don't have the time to do that. I don't even know what that's really all about. And so um, let's just see whether this will, will play out some other way until I started, I want to be holy like you're holy. I want you to cleanse every last thing out of me. I want you to take a look at all of my motives, every single one of them. Tomorrow. Next week. Wait a minute. No, I want to do that now. Why did I just close it over? I, I, I don't want to have a big discussion like this. And I, it was pointed out to me that you want to crucify the flesh. But you see, when you delay, that's just more flesh. You have 
flesh protecting the or I have flesh protecting the flesh. Said, okay, both are going to die and both are going to happen right now. And that was part of the, 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 the bigger commitment that I made to the Lord. And this is how we walk into this kind of righteousness. Dying to self. I will be found by you. And it's, it's more than just flesh surrounding. It's uh, crucify both. Now. Now, point number two. How-tos. Let obedience rule. Oh, this one is a good one. Let obedience rule. Don't do this. Don't get out of the boat in faith until Jesus says, come. I have heard more than a dozen sermons on, don't be afraid, get out of the boat. And I say, it's not what it says. Can you get that one up there? Okay. So Jesus and Peter are having this thing and immediately Jesus uh, uh, spoke to them saying, take heart, it is I, don't be afraid. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And everybody says, get out of the boat. Wait a minute, there's more to this than that. What it says, what it says here is that you, you commanded me to come to you on the water. Lord, he's asking the question. And Jesus said, come. The, by the way, the come there, that's not indicative, that is imperative. Jesus said, come. It's a thing of obedience when you get out of the boat because Jesus is the one who invited you out of that boat. Do you see where we're going with this? This is important. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. I stopped it there because sinking in, that's not part of what we're talking about here. I was sharing this with my uh, kids and uh, saying, what is it, uh, is it easier to step out in faith or to, to know where you're headed and just simply obey what you're supposed to obey. Oh, Daddy, it is so much easier just to obey what you're supposed to do. Why? Well, because, because the other one, you, you might not be right. It might not be, I don't know. It's, it's, it's just so much easier. That's what this is about. Peter was told to come, so Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water. That's how you do it. I mean, what are you going to get? What, what happens if, what, what do you get if you just step out of the water, uh, step out onto the water? Wet. So, don't get out of the boat in faith. Look at closely, see what that's all about. Then, a big one here, ask Jesus, ask, uh, or the Holy Spirit, for just simply more info. Uh, or ask why it didn't happen uh, for this situation and so on, because sometimes not everything happens the way you thought it was supposed to happen. I had one person who was uh, painting their barn for her, and uh, uh, she, was, uh, <laughs> she was walking through the house. She wanted to get me a cold drink or whatever it was, a uh, two-story horse barn and so on, and she was walking like this. Uh, her one foot would, uh, would go about eight inches in front of the other, and then she'd take a full step. So it was a, a short step as, as she was walking all the while. And, uh, uh, wow, what happened to you? Let, let, let's pray for that. And so 
We prayed for it right then, right there. And it started to iron out. And two or three passes from the kitchen area to the patio doors and back and back. And it was all smooth. And she was healed instantly. Wow. And uh, then it was uh, about a week or so later. um, And I'm I'm just wrapping up the whole job and so on. And uh, she's back to limping again. No, no, no. Jesus heals. What's the problem here? That's what I'm saying. That there's, uh, sometimes there's more information that you need. So you, what do you do? You go back and ask. What did he say? He said, well, uh, this particular demon only comes out through prayer and fasting. In other words, there's going to be some times when you have to draw closer and ask, okay, what is the issue here? What is the problem? And all she said was, uh, well, I don't know, Dave. It's, it's, it's okay because... Uh, um, uh, Eva Dooley prayed for me, and uh, uh, when she prayed, it lasted four days, and uh, for you, it lasted nine. But it's not how long the healing lasted. It's about why is it not staying healed? So it was after the fact and seeking on this that I found out that uh, uh, is it a daughter, uh, half adopted or something, was the one that was doing the, the Ouija board witchcraft thing in the house, and she never put a stop to it. So there are things that, that happen here. These are some things that we all need to know how to address. And the last one here, I'm just saying it because I guess it needs to be said. Pray in the Spirit. Use your prayer language, especially especially if you hear it intensifying, right? Some of you know what this is. When here you are, and then you're praying in the spirit, right? And then, and intensifies and something else is there and you know something's being moved around in the spirit realm. Just go ahead and do it. Get it done. If you've ever been in the bathroom at the wrong time in one of the stalls, and you hear me do this, um, now you know why. (laughs) I don't know where to hide sometimes. But I didn't start taking this seriously until about three, three and a half years ago to just simply get up in the middle of the night and pray in the Spirit for 20 minutes. And it spread, and it spread that uh, every time I go to home group, uh, it's uh, right about uh, 16, 17 minutes from my house to their house. And I can get in 15 minutes of praying in the Spirit right then, right there. Because my mind is not fruitful. So I can be praying in the Spirit and watching traffic at the same time. It's not a problem. And the more you do this, the more you edify yourself. To edify means to put an edifice up. That's uh, in the old cathedrals and so on, so the, the, the roof wouldn't come crashing in. They had to fortify the walls. They put up these flying buttresses to keep things called edifices. And so when you buttress yourself like that, you are becoming stronger as you're praying in the Spirit. Wow. I don't know. This is what I got out of um, uh, Acts chapter 8. I hope we find it a blessing to you. Heavenly Father, we now thank you that uh, your word still has things for us so many years after the fact and so many uh, people that are, are just uh, looking for more of your power, your strength, your, your comfort, your, your answers to questions that they've had the whole while. 
Lord God, in Jesus' name, bring this about. Amen.